and I wanted to liberate the sexuality of the male, to make him look like a man and not like a Ken doll out of Barbie. I don't retell in Australia. It's me giving the finger to all of the people that said no to me. We're literally selling little movie, mini movie trailers. And once the endorphins kick in, that's when the sale kicks in. Welcome to Add to Cart, Australia's leading e-commerce podcast that express delivers all you need to know in the fast-moving world of online retail. Every week, Joanne Huey-Miller catches up with Australian e-commerce leaders to get all the insights, tips and lessons to keep you at the top of the e-commerce game. And of course, keep your customers adding to cart. Here's your host, Joanne Huey-Miller. Hey guys, it's Joe here. Thank you so much for having me in your ears today. As you know, I am a guest host on Add to Cart with Bushy. And for my day job, I work with the legends at retail strategy agency, The General Store. Prior to that, I was managing editor at Industry Title Inside Retail. Now, I'm super excited to share with you guys today my guest who comes from an iconic Aussie brand. Now, you might know Aussie Bum for its fun, vibrant men's swimwear and underwear or for its unashamedly sexy campaigns featuring muscular blokes splashed across billboards and bus stops. The brand is now sold in 183 countries around the world, including the US, UK, Germany, France, Spain, Taiwan, and South Korea. My guest today is Aussie Bum founder, Sean Ashby, who shares with us his incredible journey from beach bum to international mega brand. He discusses how he stays close with his customers, why he never took no for an answer, and how he came up with one of his biggest selling products, the Wonder Jock. Basically, if you're wondering, it's just the male version of the Wonder Bra, but more on that later. If you want to get your hands on a pair of Aussie bum undies or swimmers, we have a discount code to share, so listen out for that later. Thanks to our partners, Shopify Plus and Paclio, here's our conversation with Sean Ashby, founder and managing director of Aussie bum. So, Sean, Aussie bum has been around for more than 20 years now, synonymous with amazing Aussie underwear but I really want to hear from you the story behind the brand and how it all started. It started, I guess, like anything does, and that is as a hobby. Many years ago, I worked in a multinational company, had built my way to the top, marketing director of a major company, and I found that 80% of my time was dealing with politics, internal politics. 20% was doing what I loved, which is turning nothing into something and being passionate about what it is that I create. So I decided at a very young age to take a, a sea change and decided I'll become a personal trainer and I will study herbal medicine. So I spent the next three, four years studying herbal medicine, became a herbalist, had the body, did the training, and then once I started taking on clients, I realised I was neither of those. I was a psychotherapist, a psychologist, and that was not something that I would say I am the perfect person for because I'm more of an empath. So I'm like, oh, and the problem also is every week I was expected to remember everything they told me the week before, and I'm a little bit simple in that regard. So before that, I'd studied at the Canberra School of Art in Art History 
and studied graphic design and photography and really everything to do with the creation of fine arts. So I had a finger in every pie with regards to creativeness. But my passion equally was marketing, hence why I ended up in the multi-echelon of a multinational company marketing. Then once I decided I could not be a herbalist or a trainer, I used to only train people in the morning and then in the afternoon I would spend it at North Bondi Beach, on the beach, in my swimmers, and I thought I was in heaven. I was renting at that time. And one year or every year, I used to go to Gowings to buy my swimwear. And my swimwear was a unique style of swimwear. It was a, a Trico nylon, which surf lifesavers used to wear, surf rowers used to wear. And I went to Gowings and they said, oh, we no longer sell this product. Uh, Speedo's factory has burnt down all the fabric in Melbourne. Uh, so you can no longer buy this because this particular style of garment you can only buy in Australia. But here's an alternative. Here is some Lycra swimwear. And if ever a male has worn Lycra swimwear, they will see they all of a sudden become the Ken doll from Barbie where you cannot quite tell if it's a male or a female and a little bit too flat for the masculinity of the man of that day. So sitting on the beach, and this is back in 2000 and watching the netball or, sorry, the volleyball being created on Bondi Beach for the Olympics and sitting there without a job with very little money. I'd saved 20000 for my home loan when I was employed, and that was dwindling fast. And I thought to myself, I've got a choice. I can either get back into work, and I tried and applied, and I failed repeatedly because I'd been outside of work for so long. And looking down at my Lycra swimwear, feeling not like a man, I thought, how hard could it be for me to create what it is that I love the most and I'm sure many other Australians would love as well. So that's how I went about finding the fabric and finding a pattern maker to be able to design the perfect Aussie Cozy, which eventually became Aussie Bum. And the reason for the name Aussie Bum was because I was an Australian and I was a beach bum, so Aussie Bum. And then from that, I sold my product to all my mates who very kindly purchased my product, and that allowed me to buy my double chicken fillet, rice, boiled it. I lived a very simple life and was very, very happy. So I don't come from money, so losing money really meant nothing to me. And then I thought, let me try my hand at retail because, you know, that's what I used to do. And so I went door knocking retailer to retailer and each one said, no, 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 who would wear this? You know, there's this new sensation, men's Lycra swimwear. And Lycra swimwear is like a diver in the Olympics where they're very flat and very tight and very constricting. And that simply wasn't me. So I then kept selling to my mates and kept getting rejections. And to give you an example of a couple of good rejections, was I foolishly hired a car and drove down the great uh, ocean road to Torquay and went into this store and the owner of the store saw what I was going to sell and he said, let me get all my staff together. They'd love to hear the presentation. So I'm excited. I'm like, oh, and there's this and have a look at this and there's these colours. And I started to realise they were all laughing at me and the laughter grew into even horrendous laughter because I was actually selling in a board short store. And in a board short store, they don't sell my swimwear. So back to Sydney, and I didn't even get an interview with Myers. They already wrote me off. Um, pretty much everyone had wrote me off. 
And this one department store, David Jones, at the meeting said, oh, yes, this is fantastic and, oh, yes, we'll, we'll take this. Look, just get back in touch with us. And so a week went by, no reply, and so I started calling. And every time I called, uh, this person was unavailable. And I'm like, oh, it must be very busy. Okay, I'll keep trying, keep trying. Eventually, I pretended to be or gave the name of the person that I wasn't. And all of a sudden, this person answered. And I said, oh, hi, my name's Sean from Aussie Bum. And, you know, we spoke some time ago and you're really keen about my product. And he took a long pause and he said, look, didn't you get the answer? The answer is no. He goes, who would buy something like this? And you coming in here thinking that an Australian would buy a product like this, wasting my time, hangs up the phone. Yeah. And, but it was the best thing that ever happened in my life because the moment I put the phone down, I grew this huge chip on my shoulder and it was, well, I'm going to prove you differently. I am going to make this work. And I was down to probably my last $5,000. I had bags of my swimwear, which I was thankful I found the remnant fabric that wasn't burnt down from that particular company. I brought that fabric. I found an incredible pattern maker who used to make women's swimwear and she was passionate about getting it the way I wanted it. I got all my mates together and I photographed them the way that I felt a male should be photographed and I wanted to liberate the sexuality of the male to make him look like a man and not like a Ken doll out of Barbie. Ever scrolled through an e-commerce packaging website for fun? Nah, me neither. Until today, Paclio is putting the joy into the packaging game. So let's play a game. I'll tell you the name of the Paclio product, and you have to try and guess what kind of product they are. Fairy Floss. Compostable Mailer. Queen Bee. Honeycomb Padded Mailer. Here we go. Gummy Shark. Water Activated Tape. Now, if my jaded self thinks that this packaging is fun, imagine what your customers will think. Paclio is also eco-friendly, Australian-owned and operated with same-day dispatch and 14-day returns. Now, that's pure joy for everyone. Check out the Paclio range of e-commerce packaging options at paclio.com. That's paclio, P-A-C-K-L-E-O, paclio.com. Then I built a website. I bootlegged software to build my website. And ironically, in 2000, 2001, that's when the dot bombard hit. So everyone was getting out. And I naively was building a website to get in. And then what I did was I took my samples because I had a lot of them because I hadn't sold many um, to that stage because all my friends had brought them. And I sent them to all the major newspapers around the world. I told them my story about how this is something truly Australian. And I'm very proud of it. And all of a sudden, one morning, I go to the kitchen to check the computer that had always said no sale, no sale. And all of a sudden, there was one sale, and one sale was from the UK. And let me tell you, it took half a day to be able to fill that order. I'd never shipped anything internationally, so I had to learn about shipping goods internationally. And this was all sequential on the run. One order led to two orders, led to three orders, led to four orders. And that's what motivated me to just keep shooting and keep talking about what I liked and about what I think Australian men liked. And it was so different and so unique 
It captured the attention of those that were online at that time, which were the trendsetters, and a large proportion were from the gay community. And they embraced it like no tomorrow and they shared it around and they look how good I look, you know, look how liberated I am. I don't have to wear shorts, I can wear this. And then I was very thankful that at the same time uh, the gay games were being held in 2000. So everyone that came, they went to my stall and they all just ran to buy it. And so that gave me enough funding to be able to grow my business. Now that is an incredible journey. But I think we both know that Aussie Bum really skyrocketed when someone called Kylie Minogue took notice of your undies and featured them in her video clip. Tell me about that. How did that happen? It was actually quite surreal because by that stage, the brand had started momentum. And so that being said, I had Selfridges in London, William Baker, who was the head of menswear, uh, had brought the swimwear. And then one morning at like 3 a.m., I get a phone call and there's this guy, he says, hi, my name's William Baker. I really like, we love, we love your swimwear. It's so unique, so Australian. Send me everything. And at that time, if a customer orders something, and I used to send orders even before they paid for them because I was that excited I had an order. And so literally the next morning, I have picked up all of my new designs, put them into a box, sent them off to William Baker without a clue who who he was or what he was doing because he said, I can't tell you what I'm doing. It's a bit top secret. He said, but just trust me and I'll be back in touch when I'm back in touch. So I've sent off um, the swimwear and probably three weeks, a month later, I'm sitting at my computer processing orders and I often listen to music um, on YouTube or on the video and then all of a sudden a Kylie Minogue video is out and it's called Slow. And I'm sitting there and the first opening scene was this guy diving off this diving board uh, who was in Madrid or Barcelona or somewhere. And I'm like, fuck, fuck. And it was, fuck. <laughs> and as he, as he landed into the water, he came up and it was like, fuck, <laughs> that's my swimwear, that's my swimwear. And then it cuts to Kylie type and then the camera pans out and there's literally – 20-odd guys all around her, every one of them was wearing my swimwear. So my fucks went into multiple fuck, 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 fuck. And it was the most surrealist moment. And it was a moment I'll never forget because imagine being in Australia and living in in Leichhardt in a flat and you're working your ass off and uh, it's 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. our time, so it's just morning. So they've, they've released the video of that morning, I gather. And I ended up not saying anything but just listening to an amazing song but just being so proud to see my swimwear being worn by these Greek Adonises, these people that were just, you know, just beyond, beyond. And literally within eight hours, I would comfortably say, by the end of the day, all of a sudden people wanted to know me. Isn't it ironic that it took an Australian to become successful overseas for an Australian locally to recognise just how good we are, just how how entrepreneurial we can be. From there, my motivation just continued to grow. So from there, come winter, my customers would say to me, what are you going to make for winter? And because I was only doing swimwear and I thought, oh, underwear? <laughs> and because of my creative background, 
I was, for the lack of a better word, pig in mud. I just created, created, created. And I remember one guy telling me, you know, I wouldn't mind looking a little bit bigger down there. And so as a joke, I thought of the Wonder Bra. And I thought, why can't we make the Wonder Jock? You know, it does the equivalent. And so I made this product and then sent out media releases and it literally blew the internet of TPG in New Zealand by the volume of men that got online just trying to buy a pair. And that today is still one of my biggest sellers. I then had an audience and this audience then became global because everyone shared what I was doing because I was doing it my way, not the way, you know, you should do it. And Australia is a very conservative country. And at that time, I would have been considered, you know, a freak. What are you doing in here? That type of behavior. And I never saw myself that way. I was just me. And I never hung out with people that were political. So I didn't know that there were politics in the world, even in fashion, what sexuality you could be, if you were straight, gay or indifferent. You just don't talk about that. Otherwise, you're sacked. You're gone. So the brand itself meant so much to me because people were making jokes about it. And that's where I came up with this byline. If you doubt yourself, wear something else. Because of the amount of people that would make fun of me and go, oh, who would wear this? And I said, well, look, if you doubt yourself, just wear something else. You know, I'm not, I'm not shoving it down your frigging throat, for God's sake. You know, just go and get something else. Aussie Bum does really, really well overseas. In fact, it actually sells more overseas than in Australia. Tell me about that. Why do you think that's the case? Yeah, it doesn't. You know, the crazy part is, and this is what I really feel for a lot of local businesses, Australia only has 28 million people. And then when you look at, okay, to be successful online in in e-commerce, you have to be a niche brand. You can't be a mainstream. Otherwise, go on Amazon and get a taste of what mainstream is like. Australia is a dumping ground from the world for fashion. So to be able to break through the chains, the girt by sea and to head overseas, it does take a lot of hard work. And for us, Australia represents 10 15%, but it's actually quite significant because when you're talking about North America, UK, Germany, Brazil, Italy, Spain, South Korea, Taiwan, I'm only talking these are the top countries for me. And I can keep going on and on and on. And they all have a share of our business. So they all have, call it 10%, 8%, 12%. So then when you put them all together, that's 100%. So Australia and Australians are really, really proud of the brand, especially when it comes to them going overseas. Well, you've just come back from a mammoth trip overseas. I've seen it all over LinkedIn and your socials. I love it. I love an obnoxious overseas travel post or 10. Tell me about that. What were you doing over there and what were some of the cool things that you did? One of the main reasons was because I've got a face, I don't use social media typically in Facebook or Instagram because I'm the alter ego of Aussie Bump. I am not Aussie Bump. So we have an official, you know, site and all that. But I did feel what was missing was a sense of human engagement. And with LinkedIn, for example, I get really riled up about business. I get really riled up about people that think that they're not good enough or people that are only looking in their own backyard and thinking that's really important. And I'm basically trying to wave the flag and go, guys, I'm over here in Costa Rica and I'm making a shitload, buddy, or I'm 
I'm in South Korea, and guess the fuck what they're wearing. Um, and of this year, so we're now coming to the end of July, I've probably only been in Australia for about four weeks. I've been, oh, man, you should have seen the trip in Europe. It was mind-blowing. I found a Banksy book. I went to a Monet to Picasso exhibition. I walked a million miles lost. I met incredible people, and I came back so inspired that now I'm madly designing by everything that I've seen and influenced and like Australia is multicultural, uh, being overseas allows me to touch and see my product. And one thing that really struck me was when I went to some of the retail stores over there, because you may or may not know, I don't retail in Australia. It's me giving the finger to all of the people that said no to me. And now they ring and go, oh, can we sell you? Fuck no. Fuck off. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> but Get out. I do sell to mum and dad stores in cans and everywhere. Most people that fail that are Australian when going overseas is they're lazy. They've got no respect for another culture. They don't understand it. They don't know all the loopholes. They don't understand import duties, shipping times. They don't know what's a good rate or a bad rate. What's even worse is when a person has a fantastic idea and then they go and buy bloody third-party apps to run their business, you know, 3PL, or Shopify to add on, and nothing against Shopify, nothing against any of those. But then they look at the bill at the end of the month and they go, holy crap, you know, I've got server costs, I've got third-party costs, I've got 3PL costs, I've got to sell my product at some ridiculous price. No wonder nobody's buying it. Here we invested millions in the back end of our technology. So we actually run everything. We run off Power Apps, Power BI. We website is PHP. So when you look at our website, it is nothing like any other website and we've done that because we can be more emotional when we're selling. We're, we're literally selling little movie, mini movie trailers. And once the endorphins kick in, that's when the sale kicks in. And that's where with new people starting up, they tend to forget that, oh, if I show the product, they will buy it. And, yes, that's how it should be. It's like, no, you should have customer service 24-7. You should be able to refund without having to wait for the goods to come back. You know, we don't even ask for the goods to come back. They get three strikes with us, right? They can make up one story, two stories, three stories, or they can have a terrible experience. And if you go to the contact page, you will see my name, my email address. It doesn't matter where I am. If someone emails me and tells me I'm not happy or I haven't had a reply, all hell breaks loose. But it keeps us close to our customers. I love that metaphor that you had around, you know, how each sale is like a movie trailer. It is. It is because you're selling a dream. You're selling a fantasy, you know. And even if, and mine is the most common commodity, underwear and swimwear. But a person wants to feel one part of a tribe. They need to connect. Number two, they want knowledge. They want to know where's it made, what's it made of, you know, what, what's the sustainability of it. I've now got two generations of customers. The older generation, in my day, cotton was king. And it's like, oh, well, have you tried bamboo? And it's like, oh, deal, Modell. And then the younger generation are, I want to know everything about what I'm wearing because this is what I stand for. And so you have to be responsive to what people are saying. And a lot of the time when starting up, 
People get too closed-minded and they stop taking risks. They stop being innovative. They're not innovators. They have one good idea and they think, oh, now I'm set up for life. It's like, dude, you're set up for three months. You want to know why? Because someone like me is watching you and someone like me is going to make sure that I keep my customers happy. So, you know, it's bets off, baby. It's game on. And if you want to play, play hard. And that's where passion comes in because no one, I have never been able to beat anyone who has passion because I just bow. I literally give them passage. But anyone that wants to play and copy me, then you know what? Game on, bro. Let's get this party started. Oh, did you know that we were in the very first Avengers movie? No, I didn't. Tell me about that. Yes, and, and it only dawned on me the other day because I was watching Tom Holland, who I adore, He was doing the Spicy Wings Challenge, you know, the YouTube Spicy Wings Challenge. And the guy at the end, he said, tell me, I know that, you know, you always pinch something from every movie. What's been your most favourite item? And he said, well, it wasn't given to me. It was given to my brother by Robert Downey Jr., who played Iron Man in the very first Avengers movie. And he said, that is what created Marvelverse. That is what took cinema from one world to another. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh, fuck, I was in that. Oh, well, I had a billboard in that. And so if you look at my Facebook page, I got that excited because Angela Bishop, a reporter in Australia, she was at the premiere that what sponsored. And also I'm sitting in this movie premiere that was open only to the media, and there up comes my billboard. And it was the surf rowers with Aussie Bum. I got so excited that I had to take a photo. Stupid me forgot that, no, you don't take photos at premieres because they might think you're trying to record it. So halfway through the movie when my big billboard's up, I'm getting dragged out of the cinema thinking I'm a spy, and I'm like, I just wanted a photo on my logo. I just wanted a photo on my logo. <laughs> and they were so nice about it. Wow. Since then, wow. we've done other movies as well, and but they're all – and what it is, a lot of the producers are part of the tribe or the tribe, and so they give me like a, hey, you could do this. What about this? And the fact that we were in the trailer – the official trailer of the Avengers movie, that was like, I was just like, it was like a Kylie moment. Uh, And there were many, many moments just like that. And I'd love to say that, oh, it was all of my brains and buff. No, it wasn't. It was people that just believed in a dream, people that bought into a concept of people don't think you're good enough. Well, I reckon you are. I can do this. And if you can get positive people around you, and you give them wisdom, not fucking courage. They've got that. People who are starting up, they need wisdom. They need to know it's okay to be different. They need to know that failure is is a reward. They need to know all the tricks and the shortcuts because the minute they start telling people about their business, vultures will start circling, and they won't realise. They'll think they're the best friends on earth. Oh, they're here to help me. No, they're not, bitch. They just know how much money is in your pocket. Well, as I mentioned before, Aussie Bum is very well known for its very sexy, fun, provocative campaigns. Very beautiful, muscular men, this particular view of very sexy Australian men. So obviously over the years, I'd really like to hear from you, you know, 
people are talking more about body diversity. Yes. Tell me about that and how Aussie Bum plays into that. You are so spot on. Look, number one, you are right. There is the picture perfect. And what I like is the fact that to stay healthy, to be healthy, that is fantastic. Some people try having diabetes type 2. Like, you know what? It's fucked. It really is. It's because it's not, you know, they're not eating stupid food. They just, anything that touches their lips, the glucose just goes kaboom. So for some people, it's a way of life. What we do is we go from extra small to triple X large. And, but what we are about, or I'm going to tell you, no one else knows this. We've been working on a 3D AI model. And basically, a person is able to identify their body shape and then they can put their face onto that body shape. They can choose the product and then they actually get to see what they look like. And they can then go show me and then they can do a filter to go show me guys in social media that are wearing this product that's this body shape. And what I'm doing it for is that they can see that it is everyone. It's everyone. And no one is perfect. Like I go through my fat phases, my skinny phases, my muscle phases. Like we're about to head off to Mykonos. So I've been working hard, girl, and, you know, i got to pay the price. But if I had diabetes and I had a company like this, the pain and the struggle that one has to go through to think of how they think they should look is a travesty. I think Everyone is beautiful. They just have to find what they connect with and what makes them feel beautiful. Don't feel you've got to wear what that person wears. Wear what you want to wear and what makes you happy and other people will be happy. So I really want to ask you a little bit about the evolution of brands and the queer community. So obviously Aussie Bum has been a big part of the LGBTQIA plus community since its very start. You know, that community have always been massive supporters of Aussie Bum and you guys are very much authentic part of We did Mr Gay Spain just recently. We sponsored that and thousands and thousands and thousands of Spanish people came to watch his show. Now, if you did Mr Australia, hundreds and hundreds may come, but... This and then you go to to Paris, for example, or we're going to Mykonos. We've got this major event in Mykonos, thousands and thousands. And I never understood Pride, to be honest, until this recent trip. I never quite understood why do you feel you have to wear a you know the flag, the colours. Like why can't you? You know, I see you as you. You know, and I don't treat you any differently to you. However. I also look at the diversity and the discrimination of a a community and all they want to do is they just want, we're here. And for other people to see it's okay and for other people to see that you don't have to look this way, behave that way. And I think the Pride Colours is something that should never go away. It is something like Christmas. It's where a community can come together, feel comfortable and safe around each other, and be able to give their friends a hug and go, we're okay. Because in some countries, uh, let's take Dhaka in Bangladesh, let's take China, you know, let's take different different countries where it is still a, a punishable crime. I remember growing up and I, I got a true reality check from the police about what they thought of my community. When we went for equality here in Australia and all of the people that were protesting or voting for the right to marriage or equality in that regard, 
I was really proud that behind the scenes we weren't, you know, we were doing things to help give those people a voice and support them, but we weren't throwing banners in the air and going, oh, buy this, buy that. And what I love is the fact that people responded in kind to a community that was just wanting to be treated equal, that just wanted the same rights as anyone else. Today, a person can get married. Do they automatically? No. Like, you know, it's not. All they wanted was just respect and to be treated the same. And I think with pride, it is a kindly reminder, and it should be that way, no difference to Remembrance Day, no difference to Invasion Day, no difference to Australian Day, you know, all of these different things is what makes a culture strong and rich, and we are very much a part of that culture. We know that customers are going to be more price conscious in 2023, but it doesn't mean that they've lost their soul. Shopify conducted a global survey to understand customer trends and found that Australian customers are actually the most passionate about buying locally to reduce their carbon footprint. And while price pressure won't go away, the research showed that the majority of Australian customers will wait longer for delivery and recommend a product that is sustainable at its core. We're such a good bunch here, aren't we? To view more resources to help with your 2023 planning and see how Shopify can take your e-commerce business to the next level, visit shopify.com forward slash au today. I really felt like this year during Pride, there were rainbows everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's interesting as well because it has become commercialised And where I do find it for short is that those that call have the license for Pride, they go for the extortion. You know, give me a million dollars and I'll give you the right to put a Pride T-shirt on. Whereas in Amsterdam, for example, and and, and that is a huge Pride community, they were like, could you give us T-shirts for all the sponsors? They would love it. Could you gift them, you know, for the work that they've done? Um, You know, could, could you do this? And we could do things that were in our realms. But what I saw was big end, big bucks being thrown at a community they couldn't give a rat's ass about. They just wanted to have a triangle to say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, we're here. It's like, you're not here, dude. You're here for the freaking poster. Why don't you be here 24-7 and really show some respect? And what I find today, especially in Europe, is you see pride everywhere a lot of the time. Whereas in Australia, you see pride here some of the time. And it's like when it's convenient, when it's relevant. And to me, I'd like to think that's going to be the next evolution is that people will go, pride is for everyone. And if you want to put it on your shop front, put it on your shop front and don't expect a phone call from some licensee saying, now show us the money, bitch. You know, that's ours. We own that. You don't own it. You know, you've got an organisation that have cultivated it so everyone has access to it. But don't for one moment go to some bank and say, give us a million dollars, and you've got somebody in our own community that may own a shop or may just have, you know, a very small business and then go to them, oh, if you want to do something, give us a million dollars. It's like, dude, dude, what what the hell are you doing here? And that is the part which I still find frustrating and yet that is political, but that's why Mardi Gras hates me because I will not succumb to the fucking bureaucracy of a bunch of people thinking they want to screw someone when really they just want money 
And you know why they don't make money? Is because they don't have people like me that want to support a cause that actually means something other than money. And money, go elsewhere. I really feel too, like it's one thing to put your rainbow product out during Pride. It's another thing to actually support the community when it's during times of need. I think, as you know, especially in this particular climate, you know, especially overseas, a lot of the community's rights are being taken away. Where are the voices? Where's the support then, right? Well, let me tell you, I'm off to the Middle East. Ha, 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 <laughs> And India, we've just launched in India. We've, it took six months to have a direct shipping lane from Australia to India. That's pretty fucked up when you think about it, when you look at the size of India. Now, we're going over there respectfully. We're going over there to integrate with the community. But if somebody over there said to me, and who's your main customer, I'll proudly go, it's my gay man, bro. It's my gay man. It could be your mother. It could be your father, your sister. (laughs) And it's only because change needs to occur and change should come from people that are in a position to talk loud and to let other people know that they're not alone. So for me, it really is a big deal to make it work. And and here's the really exciting part. India is now in my top ten. Get out. Get out of town, nothing. It is. And that's because they just wanted to wear something that they could look at another person and go, oh, bro, bro. <laughs> imagine, could you imagine what it's like walking the streets feeling alone and Aussie Bum was a calling card in the early days. Aussie Bum at the pool was a calling card. And they were the most stolen items in change rooms because some guys, they couldn't buy them, so they stole them. <laughs> when you say a calling card, yeah. so you mean like a secret si- or a not-so-secret signal? Well, you've got to look, think of it like evolution. Like today you've got so many guys, mainstream guys, that wear it because they just – they look good, they feel good, and who gives a fuck which way you bat, you know? Who cares? You know, you're not trying to be, you're not, you're not throwing it in our face. You've got a style that people can relate to. You go 10 years earlier and you could not, you could not wear a pink top, so to speak, with a triangle. You would be harassed. And so instead of that, a lot of people that fell in love with Aussie Bum in the early days, they were the Kylie tribe. They were the ones that were, like, loud and proud. And so then when they saw another guy wearing Aussie Bum, they went, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And it gave them some currency to go, look what I'm wearing. And then conversation struck up. But you can't do that today. You know, or sorry, you can't do it in the way that we used to do it to get around things that, let's say, were far more dangerous politically. I even had Bob Carr, the Premier of New South Wales, wearing our swimwear. So, you know, that's a liberal person in every sense of the word. And that really made me proud because a lot of people, you know, there's something like, oh, that's that gay brand. It's like, and big deal, what's your problem? Have you ever been faced with an issue where you've tried to go overseas with Aussie Bum, you know, particularly to a more conservative region where you felt the need to tweak the brand or to tone it down at all or have you been told to do that? Tell me about that experience. I just came back from a country the other day and um, I'm wearing a wedding ring but I'm not married. What? I'm, I'm a single girl. Oh. No, I'm a single guy, girl. <laughs> Joe, I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that just to call out to our listeners? Is that, yeah. No, that's just simply, one, I'm showing respect to another culture. Secondly, if I am questioned, I also need to protect my own well-being, my own safety. If it's a person that I can see is in light or in support or, or just wanting to connect, then I'll talk more in an openly way where they feel welcome in the conversation. Um, but when I'm accustomed, I've never been asked my sexuality. I do get asked, what are you doing here? And I do have fun. I go, oh, I work for a company called Aussie Bum. And they go, oh, what do you do? I go, I make underwear. I design underwear. I photograph underwear. All my photos are in underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the custom guy goes, I'll oh, just go, just go. <laughs> and he goes, and I go, and he guess what's in my suitcase? Underwear. <laughs> Tell me about what you're working on at the moment at Aussie Bum. Well, I've got another brand that we started. And the reason why I started, have you ever been to New Zealand? So I flew to New Zealand and I drove from Christchurch to Queenstown in winter. And it was the most epic drive I have ever had. I had to take a photo every kilometre. And then I'm like, I have to come back. I love this place. And so I thought, how do I do it tax responsibly? And I thought, New Zealand Laundry Company. I'm going to create the Aussie, the New Zealand version of Aussie Bar. So I have now New Zealand Laundry Company. So that is a big deal. I'm working on that. I'm also working on a huge new range of, of swimwear. Swimwear has become my greatest obsession because I feel it needs a bit of a trip up. You know, enough of the emojis, enough of the fucking eggplant. I didn't even know what that meant. But you know, enough of this shit. Let's get a little bit of let's get a little bit more style going on. So I'm working on a lot of swimwear at the moment and uh, clothing. I've become very sports active for people because I spend time I play tennis. I spend time at the gym and I'm looking at them going, you need more choice, dudes. You need to have more shapes that make you feel good while you're training because for some, they don't want to train. And it's like, you don't need to do that. You just need to get the right look and you're in there because, you know, there's more fucking food around than we care for. It's cheap, crappy food, but that's what people can afford. And that's what's so upsetting is that, you know, to eat nutritionally is expensive. And for many, they don't have that privilege. So for me, it's, it's, it's trying to make ideas where people feel good about themselves. That's really what I've come back with from China and from Europe and also from Bangladesh. I'm back off over to Europe in a couple of weeks. I cannot wait. Oh, Brussels, Belgium. You have to put Belgium on your hit list. It is mind-blowing. Absolute mind-blowing, and i never been there, and I just, ah. Oh. <laughs> well, wait, wait, I want to hear about this active wear. It's, is it an active wear range, a sports range? Tell me about that. Like, Well, I'm currently wearing one of my active tops, but, no, it, it literally is tennis gear. It is not walking gear. It's basically leisure lifestyle, so I'm mashing sport with lifestyle so you can – go from home to work in in, in tracksuit pants or in pants that no one would know the difference. And also cotton. I am getting rid of cotton. I'm sick and tired of why people think cotton is good. It's bad. It's bad for the environment. It's bad for the soil. And why we keep buying it is just beyond me. 
but it's what everyone is used to. So it has to be done progressively, and I want to replace it with modal, with bamboo, with synthetic fibres that can be broken down naturally. And that has not come from Australia's influence. That's come from me visiting Spain that have these amazing packaging rules now where they say, if this thing isn't biodegradable, you can't bring it into our country. And that that's a really big step to make, and I wish Australia did that as well. Yeah. I know how passionate you are also about local manufacturing. Yeah, and you know what? It's an effing bitch because you've got on one side of the coin, you know, government spruiking how much they support and rah, rah, rah and all this sort of stuff. I had to go to the India website to learn about the laws in Bangladesh of exporting into that country. And in Australia, do you think I could find anything? Nothing. And then the factories are closing in Australia. Like I had four factories here. I now only have two. Two of them have retired because they're 65, 70 years old. You know, it's time they moved on. Younger people don't want to work in factories. So what I'm doing now is I'm creating a bilateral relationship. A lot of Bangladeshians travel and to relocate into Australia. They want to work. They want to learn how to sew. Same for Chinese as well. Um, Australians, quite simply, they don't. They just want the doll check. They just want, you know, they want the business card. You know, they want the free life, in which if they can get it, fantastic. But for me, I realised that for me to invest locally, which I do, and we now have a brand or products that you can buy both Australian-made and foreign-made. So the person has a choice. They can go, okay, I've got to pay more because the cost of living and the wages and that. And I want that because I'll only buy Australian and I love that. But at the same time, I've got people doing it really tough. And why the hell pay $30 for a pair of underwear when really you should be paying $9? You should be paying $8 because I know how much it costs. And so then when you see all of these stupid prices being advertised, it's not the time to be doing that. When interest rates are going up, inflation's going up, people are losing their jobs, you know, it's there's a time to do some things, there's another time, you know, you've got to get in with the group and you've got to go, let's make it work for everyone. And that's how my company survived over 20 plus years is we've had our ups and our downs, but at the same time, we've always been connected to our customers. Our customers love a bargain. I'll tell you that right now. I love a bargain. And so do I. Like, come on, when's the last time you shopped and not got a bargain? Well, Sean, thank you so much for the chat today. It's always a delight. Before I wrap it up, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Email me. Email me or WhatsApp me. Even Facebook. I think it's Sean Ashby underscore Aussie Bump. Okay, amazing. But, yeah, I'm not – I. it's just built in me. I don't ignore a person who's made the effort to reach out. If they're rude, fuck off. But if if they're genuine and if there's something I can do, no, I'm not going to give you a million dollars, fuck off. But if there's something that they just need a simple answer to or they just need to know it's going to be okay, I'm more than happy to share that or point them in the right direction rather than have them running off into an area that they know little about and a lot of vultures will be waiting there to take their money. And that's what's happening at the moment. You've got businesses crumbling everywhere and bank bank people are nice and happy, but um, only spend what you have. That's probably my biggest, best advice. Spend only the money that you have. 
Now is not the time to get your seed investor who'll own 68% of your business because, no, they're looking at the bigger picture. You know, be responsible with your decisions. And if it's too good to be true, then it is. It's not true. Accept it. (laughs) On that note, Sean, thank you. See you later. If that's got you in the mood to strut your stuff on the beach, head over to aussiebum.com for a 25% discount. Just use the promo code SAVE25. That's valid till 30th of August, so don't delay. Now, I hope you found Sean's energy inspiring. Here are the three tips from him that stood out for me. Let rejections galvanize you. This one's easier said than done, but rather than let other people's negative energy stop you, use it to fuel your mission and prove them wrong. The power of emotion. Sean's mini movie trailers hit his customers right in the feels and serve to strengthen the brand, not to mention sell the product. And lastly, culture is key. Understanding the culture of the country you want to sell in is at the heart of doing business. Sean's cultural awareness allowed him to grow international sales and make Aussie Bum a global success. To get the highlights of today's episode, head on over to addtocart.com.au and sign up for our free newsletter. Each Tuesday, we will send Monday's episode summary, links and discount codes for you to go next level on. And if you're looking to explore your next e-commerce opportunity, come and visit us at eSuite. We're a dedicated e-commerce talent agency, connecting the best e-commerce talent with the fastest growing brands in Australia. Head on over to eSuiteTalent.com.au where you can download the free e-commerce salary guide and sign up to our weekly e-commerce job emails. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep those customers adding to cart.